Hello, everybody. This is Pastor Joe of Word of Prayer Cultural Center in Largo, Maryland. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to our podcast. It is my prayer that you are both blessed and enriched by what you hear. Feel free to share with friends and family, and also feel free to follow us on our social media outlets, Facebook and Instagram. Our social media handle is at Wopsy, W-O-P-C-C. Visit us online at wopsy.church. God bless and happy listening. Thank you, Jesus. I feel that Wopsy is standing today, 17 years later, because we've always made it a priority that the king is in the room. Happy anniversary, Wopsy! Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. 17 years. 17 years. That's a long time. It's a long time. We're going on two decades in the game, Wopsy. That's something to give God praise for. <laughs> Amen. Still standing. That's it. And thriving. Yeah, that means I was 13 when the church started. And now I'm a 30. <laughs> and I'm not one of those children who were born a PK, like my children have the privilege of. <laughs> but at this juncture, I was thinking about 57% of my life, my family has been in ministry in the capacity of senior leadership. And so um, in addition to Wapsie's 17 years, today I celebrate six years as pastor, <clears throat> also something to be proud of. And I was already proud and honored and excited about that, but then I happened to do some research. And in my research, I found that the average tenure of a senior pastor is, guess how long, y'all? Four years. Yep. Four years, the average tenure of a senior pastor is four years. So I already got two on the average tenure. <laughs> and if y'all continue to treat me right, I ain't going nowhere. Amen? <laughs> Can we take a moment and honor the founder of the Word of Prayer Cultural Center, the visionary and the one that God used who he knew would give him a yes to start the Word of Prayer Cultural Center. We honor you today, Bishop. Yes, we do. We honor you today. We are here because of your obedience. I'm always amazed at this being an example of the fruit of one man's obedience and of one man's yes. And it always begs me to ponder Am I giving God my yes? Am I giving him my obedience? And then what can happen? Not in just my life, not in just my family's life, but the life of God's people if I give him my yes and my obedience. So that's something I want you to think about. I want you to think about that. Most of us know the story, but we do have some new partners who joined our family at the end of 2021 after we had our last new partners class. Um, and the beginning of 2022, we also uh, have welcomed a new partner. Uh, so let me briefly share, briefly, the story with you. And that is that back in the early 2000s, God gave our bishop a vision. That vision was for an outreach ministry to begin in 2003 and for a church to begin in 2005. Bishop obeyed God, and he started JEG Ministries in 2003. JEG Ministries went into D.C. to feed and clothe the homeless, went into battered women and children's shelters, and we used their industrial kitchen to cook and provide hot meals and a worship experience inside of the shelter cafeteria. Additionally, a monthly worship service was held in the bishop's home, and the basement was turned into a legit sanctuary. Remember, we talked about capacity and making space. And there, listen, you all, it wasn't just, just the, the sanctuary down there. There were overflow spaces 
throughout the house where the service was shown on TV screens. Come on, somebody. <laughs> and so two years flew by, and now it was about 2005, the time which is when God said to start the church. There was no location. It didn't make a lot of sense. There was no lot of things, but one thing there was was a word from the Lord. How many of you know that his word will work and his vision comes with provision? If it's in his will, what y'all, is his bill. And so Bishop moved forward with planning and organizing, and that led us to having our first service in January of 2005, which is why we celebrate our church anniversary every January. We were at Arrowhead Elementary School at the time. All right, that's right, Brother George. Uh, for two years, uh-huh, Sister Vivian. And in 2007, we moved to our own storefront over on Parston Drive in Forestville. And you couldn't tell us nothing. We didn't have to set up and break down every Sunday. Huh? Keys, huh? And in 2009, we moved here to Mercantile Lane, uh, but we were in a blessed box. <laughs> the sanctuary, as most of you all met it, was not the sanctuary at all. Uh, let's see where Deacon Renee and them back there sitting. That was the then pastor study. And let's see where... Sister Sonia sitting over there was uh, the kitchenette, you know, and God had for the surrounding businesses, musicians, where y'all at? That was somebody else's business. <laughs> y'all in somebody else's business. <laughs> but God had the surrounding businesses to one by one start to move somewhere else so that we could begin to acquire those spaces, tear down walls, and add to the enlargement of our territory. Some of you remember the tiny fellowship hall we had before the fellowship hall that we have now. But God is good. We came in with one little suite, and now we have seven. We went from the blessed box to now having most of the suites in this division of the building. And right before quarantine, we were bursting at the seams Y'all remember? <laughs> it was hard to get a seat up in here. You better have got here on time. The empty seats that Bishop used to speak to were now full. And behind the scenes, we were at work in meetings and negotiating contracts and such. And we were on the precipice of securing our new edifice. But we see clearly now that that God block was indeed a God block. Because we literally would have been set to start at the start of the pandemic. <laughs> pandemic came and shook how we do church, particularly how we gather. But there's something that God spoke to me in the prayer room this week, and that is going to be my title for this sermon, and that is loading. Loading. One word, loading. I believe that it was sung earlier, something along the lines of, and he's not finished yet. Somebody say, loading. Loading. Because, Wapsie, we're still loading. <laughs> God has been good to us, but we're still loading. We have quite the history of provision and expansion, but we're still loading. We've seen miracle signs and wonders, but we're still loading. Love has been found. Houses and cars have been purchased and businesses have blossomed, but we're still loading. Some marriages have been reconciled, wombs have been opened, and lifelong friendships have been formed, but we're still loading. Gifts have been discovered. Come on, y'all. Callings have been answered and elevation has been amongst the body, but we're still loading. Tumors have dissolved and Debt has been supernaturally canceled and depression has been overcome and family members have been saved and prophecies have come to pass and some of us have literally escaped death's grip. But, who can I, 
Can I let you know this morning that we're still loading? We're still loading. And to quote 1 Corinthians 2, 9, eye has not seen, ear has not heard, nor has it entered into the heart of man what God will do in the lives of those who love him. Do you love him? If there's one thing about Wapsi, we love us some God. And God loves him some us. And I declare and I decree that we have not seen our best days yet. That indeed our latter shall be even greater than our former. And that all that God has done is nothing compared to what he will do in us. There is a shift. There is a shift. There's a shift going on in this season and God is shifting us into our next. It may look and feel different, but it's God. It may sound and read different, but it's God. Wapsie, we are loading. And what's to come is even better than what's been. Somebody help me praise him. <laughs> Somebody help me praise him. And, and so not only is our church loading, not only is our Wapsie family as a church family loading, but our Wapsie partners. Our family members are loading. Yeah, there have been some stuff you heard my birthday, some stuff that was spoken over me. Guess what? Where I go, we go. Where I go, Wapsie goes. And so if nothing else, if right now you're not sure about what's loading in you, trust that there's something that's loading in me that you're a part of. <laughs> <laughs> There's something special loading in our lives individually and collectively. And so I want you to hold on to this word today because it's going to encourage us while we're loading. Because guess what? Something's loading inside of you too. Uh-huh. You might not know it yet, but we're going we're gonna to discover something is loading. You are loading. Things may look a little pixelated right now. There may be a little blur to that thing. But one day it'll be all so clear because you are what, y'all? You're loading. <laughs> Anybody ready for the word? Anybody ready for the word? If you're online, type, I'm ready. If you're in the house, say, I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. Amen. No promise today to be short-winded. No promise at all. Amen? Yeah, I said I felt like preaching. Brother George told me, preach and teach. So that's exactly what I'm going to do. So to keep your notebooks out because there's a, there's a teaching here as well. Amen? Would you turn your Bibles with me to 1 Peter, the 5th chapter and the 10th verse? That's 1 Peter chapter number 5 and verse number 10. We're also going to be reading some scripture today. Is that all right? Y'all like scripture? Amen. Amen. All right, that's right. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. 1 Peter 5.10 in the Amplified. Let's go to the Amplified. That's 1 Peter 5.10. I'm going to give you some time to get to it. And we're going to look at it in the Amplified version of the Bible. Trust that if I ever start in a version other than King James, that means I've already studied King James, and I have seen where we still can get the meat and the truth of the scripture even through a translation. Amen? All right, so that's First Peter 5 and 10. Ain't nobody actually to read it here. <laughs> and it says this, it says, therefore, whew, Jesus. <laughs> after you have suffered for a little while. Mm -hmm. Can I take my time? The God, this is the Amplified, the God of all grace. Somebody say all grace. As we get blessed by the brackets, we see the God of all grace who imparts his blessing, good Jesus, and his favor. Who called you to his own eternal glory in Christ. 
will himself complete, confirm, strengthen, and establish you. Making you what you ought to be. Anybody want to be what they ought to be? <laughs> oh, Jesus. We'll go back there, so I'll just read it once. Now, I want you to put a bookmark or something uh, to indicate your return there in First Peter. Because, again, we will return there before it's all said and done. However, while that is our theme scripture, I want to walk you through a Bible story today. Anybody up for that? There are a number of preaching styles. And one thing about me you will know or learn is that I'm not dedicated to any of them. I'm not dedicated to a style. I'm not dedicated uh, to, you know, a certain style. I'm dedicated to being sure that you get the message that God has for you, all right? I'm not dedicated to a method. I'm dedicated to a mandate and a message. And so in that, sometimes I'll go topical. Sometimes I'll go textual. Sometimes I'll go expository. But trust me, I'll always go with God. Amen? Amen. So don't try to box me now. So we're about to get quite textual today and take a look at a biblical character and a Bible story. The last time we did this, it was with Joseph. Y'all remember that? Uh-huh. Remember the red nose? And this time we're doing it with, drum roll please, David. Somebody say David. Y'all know about him? The story of David is found in 1 Samuel. Do I have any Bible readers? Found in 1 Samuel. It, it, it's the ninth book of the Bible, 1 Samuel. Uh, it's following the five books of the law. So we have Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. We have then 12 books of history starting with Joshua, going to Judges and Ruth. And then we land here at 1st and 2nd Samuel. You know if there's a first, there's got to at least be a second. <laughs> and sometimes a third, right? Amen. And that is where the prophet Samuel, somebody say the prophet, the, the prophet Samuel, he introduces to us uh, uh, who will be known as King David. But not so fast. He wasn't king yet. He was just a uh, little boy, sheep-tending David. Who is Samuel? Anybody know? Let's, let's do a little biblical backdrop here. Anybody know who Samuel is? Y'all remember Hannah? Y'all remember her? The wife of Elkanah who could not have children for years and who used to be tormented by uh, Penina and the one who pleaded to God for a son. Well, Samuel is the son. <laughs> Come on. Sam, let's piece this thing together. Samuel is the son. Remember, she promised him that, God, if you bless me with the son, I'd dedicate him back to you. Well, guess what? She did exactly that. And she wasted no time. She just kept him close for the time that he was breastfeeding. And once he was weaned from breastfeeding, she took him to the temple where he was given up to be raised to do God's work. Woo, Jesus. Woo, that thing got me as I was studying because whether it's a child or something else, that's such a heart check on why we want what we want. <laughs> Woo, Jesus, but look at God. Some of you may not know that not only did she have Samuel, but because of her doing what she did with Samuel, the high priest Eli blessed her and her husband. And Hannah ended up conceiving and giving birth to three sons and two daughters. Somebody say overflow. Now Samuel grows up in the temple and goes on to serve. Listen, you know how we say grew up in church? No, nah, we ain't grew up in church. Samuel grew up in church. <laughs> he went on to serve in every role of leadership that was possible for a Jewish man of his day. And he ended up being the last of the judges of Israel. Remember, we talked about Israel and Israel's judges before, right? 
So let's fast forward. We know that the people of Israel, they didn't want any more judges. Some of y'all know that Travis Green song. Uh-huh. They wanted a king, right? And so God gave them exactly what they wanted. You know, God would do that sometimes. He gave them exactly what they wanted using Samuel, who first anointed Saul back in Samuel chapter 10. Y'all know about Saul? We're going to learn a little about him. By chapter 13, Saul starts tripping and gets disobedient. Uh-huh. Because of this, Samuel gets on him and lets him know that where his kingdom over Israel would have been established forever, now his kingdom must come to an end. And the Lord has sought out a man after his own heart that would take his place. By chapter 15, it goes from bad to worse. And Samuel is totally through with Saul. And low-key, so is God. <laughs> the chapter ends in 35. Samuel never went to meet with Saul again, but he mourned constantly for him. And the Lord was sorry he had ever made Saul king of Israel. Ooh, Jesus. Ooh, I'm scared of that type of stuff. So in comes little Dave. Chapter 16 starts like this. It says, now the Lord... Uh, said to Samuel, you have mourned long enough for Saul. I have rejected him. So we're in 1 Samuel 16. I have rejected him as king of Israel. So fill your flask with olive oil and go to Bethlehem. Uh-oh, Bethlehem. He said, find a man named Jesse who lives there, for I have selected one of his sons to be my king. Y'all with me? We're going somewhere. So from here, y'all, it's literally like a Cinderella story. It's like Cinderella in that glass slipper. Samuel shows up to Jesse's house, tells him what he's there for, and Jesse sends out all the brothers except for little Dave. Mm-hmm. He sent out the big ones, you know. He sent out the, the tall ones, and, and he sent out the strong ones, and, but not the called one. <laughs> and even Samuel falls for the okey-doke, because we can go to 1 Samuel 16, 2. Let's go there. 1 Samuel 16, 2. And we're going to do a little reading until verse 13 in the New Living Translation. Let's read this. Verse 2 says this, but Samuel asked, how can I do that? And this is in response to God telling him to go and anoint one of Jesse's sons as king. How can I do that? If Saul hears about it, he will kill me. Take a heifer with you, the Lord replied. Amen. That's, that's a female cow. Okay, not a female human, as some of y'all have learned in slang terms. Take a heifer with you, the Lord replied, and say that you have come to make a sacrifice to the Lord, okay? Invite Jesse to the sacrifice. We have moved over to the NLT, and I will show you which of his sons to anoint for me, okay? So listen, God is going to show Samuel which one of Jesse's sons to anoint. Y'all with me? Verse 4 says, so Samuel did as the Lord instructed. When he arrived at Bethlehem, the elders of the town came trembling to meet him. What's wrong, they asked. Do you come in peace? Yes, Samuel replied. I have come to sacrifice to the Lord. Purify yourselves and come with me to the sacrifice. Then Samuel performed the purification right for Jesse and his sons and invited them to the sacrifice too. Verse 6 says, when they arrived, Samuel took one look at Eliab and thought, whoo, that must be him. Surely this is the Lord's anointed. Mm -hmm. Thought it was. Verse 7 says, but the Lord said to Samuel, don't judge by his appearance or height. For I have rejected him. Oh, Jesus, this is good to me. 
because there is a shift going on, not only at Wapsie, but in the kingdom. Because some people have been selected that God has rejected, but God is about to lift up the ones whom he selected. I believe it. I believe it to be true. He says, for I have rejected him. Don't judge by appearance or height. Don't judge by socioeconomic class and don't judge by size or don't judge by lights and cameras. Don't judge by any of that that the human eye can see. For little do you know, I've rejected him. As good as he looks, as good as they look, they're rejected spiritually. He says this, the Lord doesn't see things the way you see them. People judge by outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. Verse 8 says this, then Jesse told his son Abinadab to step forward and dab in front of Samuel. I mean walk in front of Samuel. But Samuel said, this is not the one. The Lord has chosen. Verse 9, next, Jesse summoned Shimea. But Samuel said, neither is this the one that the Lord has chosen. So you might as well shimmy on back in line. Like that, Sister Ben. Verse 10, in the same way, all seven of Jesse's sons were presented to Samuel. All seven? I thought he had more than seven. But Samuel said to Jesse, the Lord has not chosen any of these. Verse 11 says, then Samuel asked, are these all the sons you have? Isn't this Cinderella? Don't this sound like Cinderella? Disney owes the kingdom a cut. This is the scene. This is the scene. You remember she brought out all the other daughters? Said, uh-uh. Are you sure that these are all the daughters you have? Everything originates from the Bible. Here go Jesse. They're still the youngest, Jesse replied. But... <laughs> He's out in the fields watching the sheep and goats. Guess what Samuel said? Send them, send for him at once. We will not sit down and eat until he arrives. See, Samuel know what he's doing because that would have put some pep in my what? Step. Amen. 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 Huh? Verse 12 says this. Verse 12 says, so Jesse sent for him. He was dark and handsome with beautiful eyes. Here we go. You know where this was set. You know, you, you know, you know where this was. You know what continent this was on. Not getting into a debate. We know what continent he was on. <laughs> he was dark and handsome with beautiful eyes. And the Lord said, this is the one. Anoint him. Can you imagine little old David? Probably, you know, that some scriptures say he was ruddy, you know. He was handsome, but he was dealing with the sheep and dirty clothes, probably overalls all jacked up. Verse 13 says, so as David stood there among his brothers, Samuel took the flask of olive oil he had brought and anointed David with the oil. And the Spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon David from that day on. Then Samuel went on his merry way and said, my work here is done. Okay, now, let it be known, let it be known that David does not become king the next day. Let it be known that David gets anointed and goes back to tending sheep. Amen. 
Are, are, you, are you done with me, sir? I appreciate it, but I got, I got some, some work to do. <laughs> I understand. I know that I'm anointed, but this season I'm in requires for me to deal with what's going on right now. I, I know, I, I kind of get where this is going, and God bless you, sir, but there's some sheep that are waiting on me. David does not become king the next day. David does not even become king the next year. Y'all, David does not even become king in the next decade. But the day that David was anointed, he was enlisted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The day that David was anointed, he was enlisted. What was he enlisted in, Pastor Joe? I'm glad you asked. It wasn't an army, and it wasn't yet a royal court. But David was enlisted in a process. Come on, somebody. Somebody say process. Yeah, he was enlisted in a process. It was a process of about 15 years between David being anointed as king and David becoming the king that he had been anointed to be. Remember, he was powerful from that day. <laughs> Whew. But he wasn't in position. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He was about 15 when all this went down, and he was anointed at a, around age 15, and he was about 30 when he was positioned. Because before he could be positioned, he had to be processed. <laughs> and the crazy part about it is, y'all, the first part of his process was serving Saul. Uh-oh. What? Uh-huh. Because mind you, guess who's still king? Saul. Guess who's still in position? Saul. Y'all know little Dave played the harp, right? There's no Vicky without little Dave. He's her inspo, amen? So the story is this. Once Saul lost his anointing, because two people couldn't be anointed for the position, so... When David was anointed, Saul lost his anointing. He was in position, but he didn't really have power. And so he lost his anointing. God sent a tormenting spirit on him, and he was looking to be relieved from the tormenting spirit. So Saul's servant suggested that why don't we find somebody who can maybe, I don't know, play soothing music to calm you down and to relieve you of the spirit. And so one of the servants was hip to Jesse and one of his sons being a heart player. And so verse 18 says, one of the servants said to Saul, one of Jesse's sons, y'all with me, from Bethlehem is a talented heart player. Not only that, he is a brave warrior, a man of war, and has good judgment. He is also a fine-looking young man. He must have really been handsome if that's like, one of the, you know, if, if somebody describes you and an adjective keep coming up with everybody, then you know you whatever it is. You know, like you know, you know the big, big, if everybody say, but you know you're big, everybody see it, right? So it was so obvious, it was so obvious, you know, or, or you know the heavy set. It was so obvious. I'm just going, you know, I can, I can tease with that. because I'm. Uh, listen, it was so obvious that everybody, I mean, you know, the, the fine-looking young man, and, and check this out, and the Lord is with him. So then what happened is they sent a message to get Jesse's permission, because remember, he's still a minor. He can't go nowhere without his father's permission. So he's still a minor at this point. Verse 21 says this. So David went to Saul and began serving him. <laughs> Wait a minute. He's anointed to be king, but he's serving Saul. Okay. Saul 
now check this out. You can tell he was lovable anytime. Saul loved David very much. And David became his armor bearer. My Lord, there are some people in the church today, uh-uh, they too big to be an armor bearer because they know what they've been anointed for. Yeah, armor bearer, what? You want me to, do, huh, huh? I'm called. What if I told you, church, that God has revealed to me some of the things that some of you sitting here today are called to, but not yet? Because if I put you in position without processing, that will be dangerous for me, you, and the body. So I'm not ignorant to some things. Some things that God has told you, he's also told me. But it's not time. And so Saul sent word to Jesse asking, please let David remain in my service, for I am very pleased with him. Verse 23 says, and whenever the tormenting spirit from God troubled Saul, David would play, Vicky, that old heart. Then Saul would feel better, and the tormenting spirit would go away. Now this says a lot about a lot. The power of music and some more. But let's talk about this. Can you serve the one whose spot you know you're anointed to fill? Can you serve the one whose spot you know you're anointed to fill? As a matter of fact, guess what? As we said, Saul wasn't even anointed anymore. Once David was anointed, Saul lost his anointing. So David had to humble himself enough to serve the position even though he had the power. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> oh, that's a lesson on honor that we don't have time to get into today. Even when there's a prepared place, God will put you in that place to serve before he puts you in that place to rule. Amen? Being pressed to rule will cause you to be passive about process. And if you pass process, you are destined to meet failure face to face. Because some of y'all would have said, oh, no, 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 no. You ain't see what happened? <laughs> you ain't heard? <laughs> Through these Israel streets, I'm the head K-I-N-G up in this joint. I got anointed and all. Y'all must not be hip, huh? I'm not going in the palace unless I'm going as the king that I am. The kind that I've been anointed to be. God said this, and God said that, but did God say when? I know what God said, but did God say when? Somebody say process. The word process means this, a series of actions or steps taken in order to achieve a particular end. A series of actions or steps taken in order to achieve a particular end. Process, you all, is going to require humility. Write that down. Process is going to require humility. Because guess what, y'all? You already are who you're going to be. Whatever you're called to, you're already that. And so, when you know you're that, and when God showed you you're that, you got to be humble until you get to that. Amen? You have to be humble enough to not live from the position, but to live from honoring whatever part of the process you're in. He was anointed as king, but he could not live from that position because that wasn't the part of the process that he was in. Somebody say loading. I wish I could go deeper into things with the details of the story of David, but we'd end up being here overnight, and next thing you know, they'd be coming in for WPBI. But I would be remiss if I didn't touch on David and Goliath. Just real quick. Y'all know about David and Goliath? Now, I know some of y'all want me to touch on Bathsheba, but David already handled that. Boom, boom, 
Some of y'all will get that on the way home. Key words, touch on in case you needed some help. But David and Goliath, come on somebody, making sure y'all are awake. David and Goliath, I'm not getting into the story's information as much as I'm dealing with the story's location. Because the location of it, it's a little trippy. David is anointed king in chapter 16, and then he has to face Goliath in guess what? Chapter 17. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. David is anointed king in chapter 16, and then he has to face big old Goliath in chapter 17. Did y'all realize that? See, we hear those two stories and don't often realize how close they are in position and placement and proximity to one another. We know at this point that he's still a young teen when he goes to fight Goliath. Because biblical research and scriptural references like Numbers 1-3 let us know that from 20 years old and upward, whoever was able to go to war in Israel went. And David was considered too young to fight, which means that he was younger than 20, which means that he was still a teen. Which is a part of why Goliath is so amused. So he's anointed in chapter 16. And the next time we see him, in the very next chapter, he's fighting a giant. <laughs> Some of us know what we're anointed and called to be. We know what God has shown us. And we just don't, for the life of us, understand why we have to fight what we're up against. Is anybody up against something on today? And our frustration builds, especially when it comes to things that seem so unrelated. Do I have a witness? Or is it just me? God, you called me to this, but why you got me dealing with this? God, you called me to that, but you got me fighting that battle. This ain't even mine to deal with. This ain't even my giant for real. I'm not even technically qualified for this fight. I'm not old enough. I haven't been in this long enough. Well, the first thing I want to remind you of, beloved, and I'm sure that you heard this before, and that is the anointing attracts attacks. The anointing attracts attacks. The juxtaposition between the events of chapter 16 and chapter 17 shows us that the anointing attracts attacks. But hashtag plot twist. Somebody say plot twist. Plot twist. The attack is not always a bad thing. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. The attack, the attack is not always a bad thing. The attack sharpens you and the attack processes and proves you the attack establishes you and deepens your roots so that you can bear fruit in the prepared place and at the particular end remember process is about the particular end god wants to prune you God wants to cut away at those dead things that aren't allowing you to produce fruit. God wants to deepen your roots and increase your fruit. But when you cut the process, you constrict the roots. And when you cut the process, you curtail the fruit. David's story goes on into 2 Samuel, well, really into 1 Kings, when he gives a charge to his son, King Solomon, and he dies at about the age of 70. There's a lot that happened after he became king, but there's a lot that happened before he became king during his 15-year process. For some of us, it's only been five, and we about through. <laughs> Imagine that times three. During this time, he fought Goliath. He was exiled by Saul, the one that loved him. He had to hide in the desert. He literally lived on the run. He was forced 
out of the nation. He mourned the death of his best friend, Saul's son. What's his name? Jonathan. And he fought many, many battles in that time and space between being anointed to be king and actually walking in what he had been anointed to do. David was anointed at 15, and for 15 years, he was loading. Serving, but loading. Fighting, but loading. Often disrespected, but loading. Looked over, but loading. A target, but loading. Grieving, but loading. In his humanity, probably sometimes even doubting all of this. But yet and still loading. And so we return back to our key verse today in 1 Peter. After he has suffered for a little while, then the God of all grace who imparts his blessing and favor, who called David to his own eternal glory in Christ, himself completed, confirmed, strengthened, and established David, making him what he ought to be. And what he was called and anointed to be all along. Somebody say process. Somebody say loading. You know, the way this message came about, I forgot, I meant to warn you at the beginning that we weren't uh, talking about systematic breakthrough and accountability. Uh, but once I got the release to go a different way today for the anniversary, um, and this is why you have to just go with God. You got to be open with God. Sometimes he'll want to change your routine or break your rule in order to birth a message or something. So I'm in the prayer room. And normally the thought is, you know, no phone in the prayer room, you know. And uh, I had peace about bringing um, the phone into the prayer room. And after prayer, I ended up uploading something to my Instagram story, right? And so between uh, prayer time and that upload, this word was birthed. Because I got to thinking about how, now listen, I don't know if it's just me. These are for people, Facebook has stories now too. And so these are for Instagram users, Facebook users, people who uh, are familiar with stories. Y'all know what stories are? So it's the stuff where as soon as you open up, it's at the top, all right? And you can click them, and they're about, uh, they can be like up to 30 seconds or so, and people share stories, right? And so I got to thinking about, I don't know if it's just me, but sometimes I'll have the intention of posting something to my story. I'll fix it up. I'll post it. And then an hour later, I go back to realize that my post didn't load. <laughs> this happened to me a few times over before realizing why. And my realization was that I'll click what I need to click to send it to my story, and then I'll close, up, close out and open something else and open another app or switch accounts. And meanwhile, it's often not until I go back and see how the post is doing. Has anybody seen it? Has anybody interacted with it? That I realize it still hasn't fully loaded because I exited the window too soon. You got it? I didn't even have to repeat. I realized that it still hadn't fully loaded because I exited the window too soon. And so then it literally will finish loading now that I've returned to the window. Jesus. Or worse, y'all, I've been in the position where I have lost stories if I logged out or did something that indicated to the server that I'm no longer interested in processing. And so sometimes I'll have a story, y'all, literally, that was literally just posted. But if you go, if I, if, I, if I go in and go back to the window and tell you to look at my page, it'll say a timestamp of like an hour ago. And so it was late 
because it wasn't processed. It was late because it wasn't processed. It was late because it wasn't processed. Stick with it, y'all. We need some stick with itness in this season. Stick with it. Stay with it. Don't close the window. Don't get impatient and just open another app. Stick it out in the season that you're in. Stick it out in the part of the process that you're in. Stick it out in the level of loading that you're in. It may be boring. Whew, nobody wants to sit there and see something spin. It may be boring, but it's going to be fruitful. It may be mundane, but it's going to amount to something. Check this out. It may be taking a while, but literally, put up that slide, y'all, after a while. Oh, Jesus, 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 Jesus. It's taking a while, but after a while. Hallelujah. See, so, uh, listen, literally after a while. Once a while is done wilding. After a while. Often we tend to focus on the while while it's happening and while it hurts and while it doesn't feel good and while it's stressing me out. But the real juice is in the after while. <laughs> oh, come on. I wish I had a witness in here. While you may be suffering and while you may be heartbroken and while you may be tired and while you may be low, I came to shift your perspective this morning. And to provide you with some cognitive relief that as you focus on the after while, you'll feel better about it. I know things are adding up, hallelujah, but let's focus on the aftermath. I said, if somebody didn't get it, I know things are adding up, but let's focus on the aftermath. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In the aftermath, that's when your morning becomes dancing. And in your aftermath, that's when your lack becomes abundance. And in your aftermath, that's when your sorrow becomes joy. And in your aftermath, that's when your disappointment becomes your delight. And in your aftermath, that's when your struggle will become your victory. And in your aftermath, that's when your pain will be chucked up to your process. And there will be glory after this oh jesus i'm preaching better than y'all saying amen and after a while and my after this it's loading but check this out trust and believe that one day it's going to be loaded it's going to be low it's now loading but one day it's going to be loaded and why does that bless me? It blesses me for two reasons. Because number one, that's past tense. <laughs> and number two, because it's indicative of the fact that it's going to be bigger than you ever imagined. It's going to be loaded. Romans 8. Whew, thank you, Jesus. 18 through 23 as we close. Romans 8. Thank you, Jesus. 18 through 23 and it says this it says yet what we suffer now is nothing compared to the glory he will reveal to us later <laughs> let me look at it in the new king jimmy it says this it says for i consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. Thank you, Jesus. Theme scripture again. After you have suffered, how long? And guess what? The original text says a little while. Well, let's downgrade that thing because a lot of times we make it bigger than it is. Not only is it coming after a while, but it's coming after a little while. Sooner than you think. Jesus. After a little. Wow. The God of all grace who imparts his blessings and favor. Who called you to his own eternal glory in Christ. Will himself complete. Confirm. 
looking elsewhere for confirmation and validation. He's going to complete. He's going to confirm. He's going to strengthen, and he's going to establish you. And he's going to make you what you ought to be. It's no sense in spending all this time on a potter's wheel to get off now. A masterpiece is loading. The thing about loading is that oftentimes <laughs> what's loading is what you've already seen. I saw the story that I, that I put up. I saw, I saw what it's supposed to look like. I, I already saw it. And so <laughs> after a while, after a while, after a little while, after a process, you're going to see what you saw. Somebody receive it. The actual loading and the actual processing is something that you cannot see. Are you listening? Computing and communicating and coding from a technology standpoint is something that I don't see, and it's also something that I don't understand. But I have to let what I saw keep me while I can't see what I can't see. But the word of the Lord for somebody today is that it's been loading. It's been loading. But it's about to go on your story. <laughs> it's been loading but it's about to go on your story and once it's on your story it's a part of your testimony it's something that those following you can now see hallelujah if we look at the story of Abraham and we look at Joseph and people like that they had a process and they had a story, but guess what? Now their story that once was loading has been posted, and now we can read about it and be blessed by it. This is when it's being posted. Keep me posted. Keep me informed. But, but look at all the hell that they had to go through before it went on their story. Here we are all these years later, and would you look at that engagement? When it's on your story, people can interact. God wants to enhance your spiritual insights. Because it's what's on your story that's going to give him glory. It's what's uploaded on your reel <laughs> that's going to show people that God is real. God is a content creator. Let him manage your page. Let him create content out of your life. I have another image. A couple of more images, and I'm closing right here, I promise. So that's how it looks when it's loading. But there's another thing that happens. Uh, put up the next slide where it says this, couldn't upload, try again. <laughs> couldn't upload, try again. And if you click that, it'll go back to loading. Because some of you feel like you're stagnant and you're not even loading anymore. But guess what? Our God is a God of a second chance. Our God is a God of try it again. Some of us are only here today because we serve a God of a second chance. Hallelujah. And so I'm here to tell you today to take advantage of God's grace and of his second chance. It's available to you. It's available to you. It's available to you. Somebody give him praise for the ability to try again. Don't log off. Don't, 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 don't X out. Don't interrupt the load. Because what you saw before the load, you're going to see once it's loaded. Oh, God, we thank you. <laughs> God, we thank you. Has anybody been blessed by the word today? Can we give God some praise? Load it. Somebody shout load it. Load it. 
loaded. Wapsie, I come to encourage you that we are still loading, that we're still loading, and that we may have had, you know, some insight on some things that God is doing or has done, but it's nothing compared to when the full picture fully loads. I believe there's some things that God has showed Bishop. I mean, way, way back then, that he showed him a picture that we still haven't touched. That he showed him a picture of some stuff that we still are nowhere near. And that's encouraging because that means that there's more to do. God is still with us and we're still loading. So much, so much has been done. There's so much to thank God for. But our ladder will be greater than our past. Father, we thank you for this word. I pray, Lord, that this word did not fall on deaf ears. But I pray that your people heard your word. And that they have received it for their life. I thank you, Father God, and I speak a special blessing on Wapsi individually and collectively. I thank you, Father God, that we will hit a refresh in this season and that what has been loading will continue to load. And I thank you, Father God, that we will have peace in the process. Whatever the process may be, even in our own personal lives, I thank you that what you showed us will hold us over while things are being calculated, while things are now pixelated, but one day will be also clear. Lead and guide us. Allow us to not get in our own way. Allow us to walk with the humility of little David to know, Father God, that it's okay to be processed. I thank you, Lord, for the anointing that is on our lives, Lord, in whatever capacity it is to do whatever thing you want us to do. We thank you, and we're honored to play a part. Lord God, we thank you in the name of Jesus that this literally will be a word that we chew on all week, a word that we go back and watch and listen to, a word that we take notes on, a word that we dive deeper into, and a word that will never leave our hearts. Have your way with us, God. We honor you, and we thank you for your word. In the name of Jesus, somebody shout amen. 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 Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father God. <laughs> Whew, thank you, Jesus. That was loaded. <laughs> that was loaded. That was loaded. I pray that you take it, chew on it, digest it, and allow it to be nourishment to you in the way that it needs to be nourishment to you. Amen? And so as we um, conclude our worship experience today, especially for those who are on the stream, for those who are in-house, we have a few things uh, for you today. But we um, never, ever want to take for granted or believe that just because you're on the stream that you know Jesus or just because you're in the room that you know Jesus. And so it's our job, it's our responsibility to offer Christ to you each and every time we have a worship experience. And so if you're here today in the room or on the stream and you're saying, you know what, I don't know him or I think I know him, I might know him, I need to get to know him. Yes, you do. The scripture tells us that we do that by confessing with our mouths and believing in our hearts that God raised his son Jesus from the dead. We know that he was crucified on a cross. We believe that he rose on the third day with all power in his hand. And if you believe in that, you become a part of the family of believers the family of God. And so I'm going to pray a prayer today. If you repeat after me um, and you really believe it, you're saved. Amen. Father, in the name of Jesus, I come to you as a sinner in need of your salvation. Come into my heart. Cleanse me. Make me whole. I confess with my mouth. I believe in my heart that you raised your son 
Jesus from the dead. I believe that he rose on the third day with all power in his hands. I believe that he's now seated at your right hand interceding for me. I am saved in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Let's give it up for anybody who received salvation. If you're on the stream and you became a part of the family of God, type I am saved so that we can welcome you into the family of God. The second appeal today is one that is to invite you into this Wapsi family, this branch of Zion, this part or this nook of the kingdom, if you will. And so if you're in the room or on the live stream and you want to become a part of what God is doing here at the Word of Prayer Cultural Center, um, then we invite you in with open arms. And if that's you, if you're in the room, then you can stand or wave your hand. If you're on the live stream, type, I'm part of the family so that we can celebrate you and reach out to you. God does desire for all of us to be connected, uh, to have a pastor to speak into your life. And he really does not desire for any of us to do this alone. And so if that's you, then make your decision today. Amen. Let's give it up for anybody who became a part of the family. Amen. Amen. God is good. God is good. Well, thank you for joining us today. Um, again, happy anniversary, 17 years to the Word of Prayer Cultural Center. Amen. We are in the last week of January. We will, um, yeah, last week of January, right? Last days. Yeah, Tuesday starts February. Yep, so um, Bible study will be back soon. Look out for the date that it'll be back during the month of February. And um, also, uh, WPBI will see you this week to start module three. Amen? Amen. God is good. Um, so, yeah, that's it. Thank you. We love you. And, uh, yeah, happy anniversary. Ha, 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 ha.